Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Stellenbosch near Cape Town, South Africa, Tanya Heacher. Tanya, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ash. Delighted to be here. Thank you. Tanya is the owner of... Uh, Heachert and Associates, which is a, uh, she is a scenario planning practitioner and a facilitator of strategic conversations. Tanya is also a futurist. So Tanya, let's start talking about uh, Heachert and Associates. Tell me a little bit about the work that you do. I basically, it's probably all the wrong reasons for setting up a business, but I set up a a limited corporation business. It's very small, Mm -hmm. Um, but the legal entity is important for me because I work very often with very large um, entities. I've been working with the World Bank at the moment. So it's nice to then at least have the sort of legitimacy of a proper company structure, be audited, that kind of thing. But essentially, I set up the business to do the work I love doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that as the years have gone by, I've gotten better and better at it and, and realized I love it even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the business was set up so that I could do really what I wanted to do. Mm. And not so much a calling as I grew into it over time, because I spent many years, 15 years in the corporate world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that gave me the background and the in a way, sort of legitimacy to have a good idea of what it is I was doing, mm-hmm. what it is I was good at, and what it is I really liked. And when those things combined, that was my signal to say it's time for Hichert and Associates. How wonderful. So, uh, you know, you are a foresight practitioner and a futurist. For my viewers and listeners, help me understand what is a futurist or a foresight practitioner? Ash, it's somebody who um, works with the future Mm -hmm. and enables other people of all sorts and institutions and organizations to to work with the future. Mm -hmm. Um, It's done very specifically in a systematic way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trained. I'm academically trained in this. I have a master's degree in future studies from Stellenbosch Mm -hmm. University. Mm -hmm. And there is a range of methods and tools and techniques that enables one to look very broadly Mm -hmm. across the factors that shape the future. Because, of Mm -hmm. course, you can't know the future. If you know the future, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I would have invested my money in such a way that I'd be very rich and Mm -hmm. whatever. You can't Mm -hmm. know the future. Yeah, absolutely. But you can most certainly know and work with the factors that shape the future and get a much better understanding of how change happens. Um, So that's the area that I work in. I like calling myself a professional Mm -hmm. um, because there are many futurists out there. You know, there's some um, very big names that give talks and all sorts of things and make a call on, you know, Mm -hmm. Bitcoin's the next thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. They also call themselves futurists. Mm -hmm. Being a professional means we have um, a code of conduct, a set of standards, um, we have a wonderful organization with members from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yep, it's literally, it's literally a profession. Absolutely, I agree. But uh, in order to be able to uh, judge what is likely to happen in the future, mm-hmm. how do you prepare 
on an ongoing basis because you're constantly observing trends, I'm sure. Um, absolutely. Um, 90% of the time, um, I can't possibly know all of the trends and the pieces and the bits that fit together because I work with a Correct. very wide range of clients Correct. across a very wide range of topics and subjects mm. and issues. Um, so what I bring is again is a set of tools and techniques mm -hmm. whereby one taps into the knowledge and it's always participatory. Mm -hmm. So the client brings their knowledge of what is happening in their business or in their subject area. Mm. And together one sits and sort of unravels. And actually it's a mixture between mm -hmm. Some things are trends, but trends tell you more about history than they tell you about what's likely to happen in the mm, future. Mm, mm. Yeah, because, you know, and, and we have a saying in my world, which is a trend is a trend until it bends. Correct. So there's often, yep, <laughs> there's often a lot more value in spending time mm. in engaging around, well, what might be some trend benders mm -hmm. and, and getting people to use their imaginations and to explore and specifically telling people there's no right or the wrong. Mm. The, the point is to build up that capacity, mm. that capability to, to explore and use the future and tap into one's imagination. And, you know, one person's view of the future is not better than another one's. Mm. The, the trick is to tap into multiple perspectives. Mm. So, yeah, often we work with, um, you know, what are those weak signals, those little pockets of the future in mm. the present, Mm -hmm. often very valuable to look at those. Mm -hmm. And it's often super, super valuable to get people's heads around some of the really big driving forces, those mm -hmm. mega trends that we know are going to shape the future. Mm -hmm. It's the climate change. It's mm -hmm. the development of artificial intelligence. Um, so we don't know exactly how it's going to play out, mm -hmm. but, but we do mm -hmm. know we have a lot, of, a lot of knowledge about it is coming our way. So mm -hmm. it's, it's that mix of um, issues. Mm. And would you have some uh, interesting examples to share where you did predict something correctly and people took action? Oh, um, it's, impo it's important to say, it's important to know people like me never ever use the word predict. Okay, apologies. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Uh -huh. um, yeah, because we, we, we would argue it's impossible to predict. Understand. Although many people do. Yeah, yeah. We, we tend to, to prefer to say we work with multiple futures. Mm -hmm. So not a predictive future, Correct. but we work with possible futures. Mm -hmm. um, and it's extremely powerful to work with preferred preferable futures mm. um, and it's slightly different from visioning you know visioning is sort of oh we would love something often utopian I wish it were it could be mm. preferred futures is really systematically robustly working mm. with uh, the factors that shape the future and then from there untangling what it is you would like to start aiming for mm. and then in the present start taking the decisions and making the choices that make that future more likely so, you know, small things that you do now, if you mm. have time on your side, mm. could make it more likely to reach a preferred future. Mm. But you asked me for an example, Ash. Sorry, I'm enjoying talking to you. So I'm lettering away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you asked me for an example. Um, uh, I'll tell you what comes up time and time again mm -hmm. is um, 
is is the sustainability issues. You know, I I spent a lot of I've spent many many hours, days, weeks working with corporates, mm. um, and being a South African, you know, it's the mining sector, um, it's it's the energy sector that relies on coal fired power stations. Mm. Um, yep. So the the sustainability issue, we're literally mm. now more than a decade ago working with executives mm. flagging saying you know we we can see these signals and signs that there's huge transition coming in terms of energy um sustainability is going to become absolutely key it's not just a greenwashing reputational issue mm. your corporate survival is literally going to um um rely on on taking sustainability really seriously mm. and i'm afraid i've in all the years i think i've had i can count on my hands one or two of the corporates that have really taken decisions and acted on it you know mm -hmm. unfortunately it's been yes yes in the one year out the other year mm -hmm. um but yeah That's sustainability good. issues um and then there's interesting examples i have a colleague mm -hmm. um he's um, at the university of oxford and it's interesting he's a he's a fellow now at stellenbosch mm -hmm. at the institute for advanced study and he precisely called the coronavirus in 2014. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. In a publication writing about potential futures, uh, you know, there are many futures people that call it saying a pandemic is overdue because zoonosis, we're destroying mm -hmm. the um, environment and the world around us. So we, we, we are more likely to engage with um, pathogens from nature that we wouldn't have otherwise mm -hmm. um and then people say oh you know a bird flu a bird flu and and ash a bird flu is is very much in the pipeline still right. at some stage mm -hmm. kind of avian influenza but um professor ian golden called the coronavirus amazing <laughs> amazing amazing yeah. well that is something but uh, another part the uh, thing that i want to check with you is that you know technology is now coming into every sphere of uh, knowledge and being a futurist is a is 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 a is a knowledge uh, based you know predictions or maybe prediction again the wrong word but you are able to uh, see uh, or likely to see what may happen uh, how is technology changing the kind of work you are doing i'm afraid i'm going to give you a very simplistic answer and okay. and just say it, it's the coronavirus more than anything that has changed the way i work <laughs> okay um yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the technology is there all along. Um, uh, there is a good example. Mm -hmm. Horizon scanning. Horizon scanning is something we as futures people mm -hmm. um, do constantly, either for a specific project where you scan what mm -hmm. is coming, you know, what's lying beyond there that gives us an indication of what the future might look like. Mm -hmm. and, Sometimes it's quite a formal process to, you know, piece of research. Mm -hmm. Other times um, it is something that you do on an ongoing basis. Mm. Now, um, Ash, to be honest, I mean, I've been, I scan constantly. Okay. And it means reading and getting information and knowledge mm. from the periphery, okay. from things that are not mainstream. Mm. And okay. uh, literally a decade or so ago, um, I would go and log into the, the university's e-journal database mm. and sort of scan a bit of academic papers or maybe 
track which conferences were happening and see mm -hmm. if there was a little white paper from the conference or something. Mm. Now, for, Twitter, for example, has just, it's been a sea change. Mm. I now specifically subscribe to mm. um, a number of either academic or institutes or think tanks or whatever mm. um, that give me early warning of things they're publishing. And all I need to do is literally just you know, on the phone, mm -hmm. scroll down. Mm -hmm. I understand. Um, so, so that's the yeah, that's a that's the perfect example. And yet, back you know, to coronavirus. Yeah, and when you know, you said that you visited India several times. I'm not sure if you ever mm -hmm. came across an Indian astrologer who uh, is who also predicts the future, but based yeah. on the movement of stars and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, what is your view on the whole? And they also call it a science. Uh, yep, yep. What what is your view on uh, the science of astrology as they call it? Ash, it's as valid as the work that I do. Okay. Um, and yes, it it literally it boils down to it's just a different way of using the future because mm. it's the same thing. It's it's exploring the future using different tools and techniques to what I do. Mm -hmm. um, it's coming up with information and knowledge that is useful in the present, mm -hmm. you know, for, for the person that is consulting the astrologist. I mean, I, I, I know often what um, in Indian astrology, it's, it's really, really important for choosing Correct. marriage partners, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's like, that's a really big ticket item, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> so, You're right. It is a big ticket item. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on now, Tanya, I, you know, you also do a lot of work in scenario planning, horizon scanning, risk management scenarios. Uh, help me understand the kind of work that you're doing in, say, scenario planning, and then we'll talk of horizon scanning. Um, scenario planning is the most well-known futures method tool or technique, and it's become, um, it's become, I, I hesitate to say, I should actually be brave mm -hmm. enough to say it. Mm -hmm. it's become quite a corporate staple. Okay. You know, all the big businesses out there at some stage or another mm -hmm. have incorporated one way or another way of doing scenario planning. And, mm -hmm. and you'll find the big consulting companies, the McKinsey's and the Monitors and the Ernst and Young's of the world, they all have a scenario planning Correct. team that they mm -hmm. let loose upon those that are willing to pay extortionate mm -hmm. fees. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's usually done to help your strategic planning process become a bit more robust. Mm -hmm. So if you've got a strategic plan and it says we want to do X, Y, Z over the next five years and in 10 mm -hmm. years we want to reach Y, um, the scenario planning process is, well, what if something else happens? What if things turn out differently to what we expected? Mm -hmm. And the brilliant example is always is from the 1970s, the oil crisis was Shell. Mm -hmm. Shell used scenario planning um, to foresee Mm -hmm. um, the oil crisis and positioned themselves strategically in such a way that it paid off for, for decades thereafter. Right, right. Um, and, and it's interesting. That's why South Africa has got a strong tradition of scenario planning and, mm -hmm. and many scenario planners mm -hmm. is because the person that did that work at Shell with his team, Pierre Weck, when he left Shell, his first consulting job was down in South Africa for a big mining concern called Anglo-American. Okay. And um, that this was the mid 80s and apartheid was busy destroying the country mm -hmm. and the economy. And Anglo-American was reading the writing on the wall and they said, hey, we need to do some scenario planning. And they mm. got peer working. Mm. Um, and, and after that, we've, we've had a tradition of scenario planning, which is literally the different ways of doing it. But it boils down to zooming in on the things you're uncertain about. Mm. The, the, the big 
ticket items. So the big impact issues, and it could either one way or it can go the other way. Mm -hmm. Scenario planning is working in a structured, systematic way with those key uncertainties mm -hmm. and getting an idea of, well, if things turn out this way, mm -hmm. telling a little story about it. And then saying, well, what are the implications of that for us? What are the implications of that for our strategic plan? You know, should we make some contingency plans? So it's literally that process. Right. And that's typically most of the work. Yeah. Hmm. And this would also probably what a lot of people in the corporate say, what if? Isn't that what yep. is also scenario planning? Wonderful. So you also talk of horizon scanning. Uh, tell me a little mm -hmm. bit about uh, what you do in horizon scanning. Well, that again, it's um, different types of horizon scanning, either for a specific project where you'll take a deep dive into um, something. So, for example, um, I did a lot of work all over the African continent about um, the future of livestock production. Okay. So, you know, Af Africa in over the next three, four, five decades, Africa is going to be the most populous continent. Mm -hmm. And um, we're busy with that transition of going to meat-based diets. Mm -hmm. And it's going to have enormous implications. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of forecasting work, statistical modeling forecasting work. Mm -hmm. But then together with that, mm -hmm. a horizon scanning exercise makes sure that you look broader mm -hmm. at some of the issues that you might not expect to be impacting that study that you're conducting. Mm. So, um, you know, back to zoonosis and diseases again. So things like if you've got all these um, livestock production systems, what are the chances that you're going to use a load of antibiotics to mm -hmm. keep the livestock healthy or to fatten them up for slaughter? Mm. And that turns around and um, causes a lot of antibiotic resistance, antimicrobial resistance, mm. which is also, it's one of, one of those predictable surprises in the world that mm. we are waiting for. Amazing, amazing. Uh, Tani, you also work on what you term facilitating strategic conversations. <laughs> right. um, tell me what uh, you do here and give me an example. Um, Ash, that's the kind of the collective term in okay. a way for nearly all of the work. Okay. Um, and it's about, it's a principle more than anything else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it, the heart of the matter is I never go away and say to the client, oh, I'm a professional futurist with all these years of experience. Mm. Uh, let me come up with a report for you mm. to say these are the things you should watch out for. These are the things that might be um, on the radar screen. Mm. Uh, these are the pockets of the future in the present. Don't work like that at all. Mm. That the facilitated strategic conversation is about getting decision makers um, and often sometimes even outsiders, mm -hmm. the unusual suspects, you know, one tries to, if you're having a strategic conversation, include an unusual suspect. Don't, mm -hmm. don't have a conversation with just yourself mm -hmm. because it's that group think that you want to try and um, avoid, mm -hmm. but it's a facilitated strategic conversation. So it's getting multiple perspectives, getting people to think aloud, um, imparting the message there's no right or wrong what's important is exploring mm -hmm. um, and then on the basis of that mm -hmm. that open conversation mm -hmm. but in a structured and systematic manner saying well what can we learn from the future mm -hmm. what is it here that we can see might be happening mm -hmm. that should influence our decision making and 
choices that we are making mm-hmm. and resources that we are allocating mm-hmm. today. Fascinating, fascinating. So Tanya, I have time for one more question. And I'm going mm. to uh, ask you this for the many viewers and listeners who will listen to our conversation. What would you say are three key lessons that you would like our viewers and listeners to take away from our conversation? Oh, my word. Um, Ash, I'm, I'm not brave enough to sort of have general lessons, but I, I, I suppose I could just share things that have been oh, important sure, sure. to me. Absolutely. Um, um, always follow your principles. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, you know, I, I come from a heritage and a country and a society that is deeply, deeply divided. Mm. Um, and I have values and principles that are important, um, such as um, egalitarianism, mm. um, everybody's equal, you, mm. and um, uh, pluralism. It, it really does matter to have diverse viewpoints. Correct. Correct. Um, so lesson number one is, is if you believe in those things, uh, live them and work them. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, the second one is have a little parachute. Mm-hmm. If you're going to make a big change in your life, which is what I did, I walked out of a really fancy London-based pound sterling paying mm-hmm. fancy big corporate position Mm. and people thought I was completely mad Mm. Ash but but I had I had made sure for months and some years I had absolutely no debt Mm. Um, I had some savings tucked away Mm. I had the support of my dearly beloved husband if things could go wrong you know he was ready to be able to support Mm-hmm. Um, because I knew I wasn't going to go back into corporate. Okay. Um, and I have ever since then, the, since the day I started up to now, I have a quarter's year's worth of salary and all expenses in a little savings account that I call mm-hmm. my rainy day fund. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that just gives you that extra little bit of nerve to go do Correct. the things that you really want to do. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well and the third lesson is just... Uh, is listen better. You know, I'm a big talker. I like talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so for me, and I guess it, listen better. The, um, it's 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 worth its weight in gold well to, to be able well. to be a good active listener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Well said. You know. Uh, and on that note of listen better, and I have learned this uh, as, as a host on the brand called you, yes. of how to listen better to the, so many people like you who I've spoken to. Uh, Tanya, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me at such length about uh, futurists, about the kind of work that you are doing, about the importance of the work that you are doing, not just for individuals, but for the world. Thank you for talking to me about the work that you do in scenario planning, horizon planning, uh, horizon scanning, and also facilitating strategic conversations. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck. Great pleasure, Ash. Thank you. And all the best with your wonderful endeavor. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. 
do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.